Hello, 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 and welcome to the Lynn Woods Gospel Entertainment Podcast, where we talk to inspire. My guest today is recording artist, writer, producer, and our executive, just all around musical guy, uh, Stanley Brown, but I'm going to call him Stan, y'all. He's, <laughs> he's, he's worked with just like a cross-section of artists from various genres, like from hip-hop and R&B to gospel, including have, having worked with talent like Run DMC, LL Cool J, Salt and Pepper. On the gospel side, you got Jason Nelson, T.D. Jakes, Hezekiah Walker, Karen Clark Sheard, Kiara Sheard Kelly, and more. Now, he's just released his very own music as an artist. I don't know why it took this long, but anywho, <laughs> the release is called God is Good, and it's on his own Timeless Music Group label, which is brokered by Title IX and distributed by Rock Nation. Welcome to the show, Brother Stanley Brown. Uh, thank you. <laughs> oh, you're thank welcome. You so See, folks, he's laughing because off mic, we were just going down through the years, talking about the yes. work that he's done and where we were at different times in history. And I was like, oh, we tell that. We're going to be telling our age. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but still, Stan, you know what? Still, we're here. And so God is good, right? Absolutely. All the time. All the all time. The time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pun intended on your single. God is all. good. It's simply. Yeah, because it simply is the truth, Brother Stan. God is it good, is right? Absolutely. Now, as, as I mentioned earlier, you have an interesting background that and I've in music with cross section of genres that you've worked with. And I have known in my, and admired your work for a long time. And as we said off mic, I heard about you during my years at the Urban Network as a gospel music editor and one of the producers of projects over there, Urban Network in Los Angeles. Now you're doing your own thing as an artist this time around with music by you, for you, done by you. But uh, before we delve off into your current project, the single again is God is Good. I want to talk to you about how you got to this point. Uh, you grew up in Brooklyn, but uh, did you grow up like a household filled with music and musical folks all around you? Wow, you know, it's interesting. Um, I have eight siblings. Eight siblings? Eight siblings, yes. And um, But we, it was a, a, a very Pentecostal apostolic household. Um, hmm. And back in those days, it seems like we went to church every single night. And so I, I just, I, you know, I sparked interest in drums and I became the drummer at the church. And, and then from playing the drums, um, I would mess around with the keyboards in between services. Um, but my grandmother in Columbia, South Carolina, was the minister, a minister of music of a church. And in summer times, we would go down near me and my younger brother and we would stay the summers. And there was absolutely nothing to do other than play the piano in her living room and checkers checkers so, okay right <laughs> so dude, so i became an expert at checkers and i and i played the piano um during the pastimes because during the day she would take us to the senior citizens developments where she taught music so we had no choice but to sit there 
and listen to my grandmother teach senior citizens and play the piano. So that's what sparked the interest um, um, in me playing uh, pianos and keyboards. So did you get any kind of training or was it, was it all just at church? It was all at church. To be honest, um, the church, there was a church that I attended as a, as, a, as a child where the pastor decided that he would invest and send me to music school. So I went to music school. And the teacher would play the music. He would open up the sheet music and he would play the music and I would watch him. And then I would sit on the piano after um, he got up and asked me to play the piece. But I would only play what I just heard him playing. Hmm. So I would I would act as though I was reading, but I uh -huh. really wasn't. I was oh. just playing, playing my memory. Mm, okay. Uh, until one day mm -hmm. he, he, he played a piece of music and, and asked me to sit down and play it afterwards. But it wasn't the music. He was actually playing something that wasn't on the sheet. Uh-huh. Gotcha. And got <laughs> <laughs> You busted. And I was busted. Um, but um, so, you know, but during those times, I would win the recitals because the recitals, you were graded based on being able to play the piece um, by memory. So I won a few recitals, but I never learned um, how to actually read the music, um, which if we could rewind the hands of time, if I could do it all over again, I uh -huh. would have done it the right way because it was, I, I, you know, as you know, you get older, I find I, I really discovered that it was really a disservice to myself and my career. Especially like if you're, you ended up in the music business and um, working with these artists, it would behoove you to know that stuff. It would have helped, right? It would have helped, especially when there were, there's opportunities to score films or to sit in a pit and play in a Broadway musical and having the musical ability, but not having the ability to to understand what bar number 37 means. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it was a disservice. And, you know, that was one of the things in life that I, I, I regret. One of the moments I regret. Especially since you were, you know, admired Quincy Jones and... And like when what he did and being a conductor or arranger working with all these different types of musicians that would have really really come in handy oh my god it would have it would have took me to a whole nother another another level you know in my career because i've had opportunities to travel and to tour and to you know as a musical director and even to share in some opportunities on broadway because a lot of my friends were musical directors and 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 kind of shared opportunities but there was only but so far i could go in that space now bouncing back from regrets you uh you worked in hip-hop how did you know this church boy end up working uh early on in hip-hop Wow, I was I was a musician at, at the church, and there was a friend. Uh, it was Bobby Walker, who was a cousin, a relative to Run DMC, Jam Master J. And Bobby took me to Jason Mizell, who was, we know, uh, as Jam Master J, the mm -hmm. DJ for Run DMC, took me to his home, and I met Jason, and we started working on music together. And I became the, the keyboard player for, for Run DMC for some of their productions on one of their records. And I loved it so so much. Jay had a little one-bedroom apartment, and I asked if I could stay, even if that meant I had to sleep on the floor. Because I wanted to be in the environment. I wanted to mm -hmm. wake up every day in that space when Run and DMC came over to the apartment and started writing their rhymes. I wanted to kind of be pre I wanted to be present. So I stayed. I I slept on the floor and I did whatever I needed to do just to incorporate myself in that mix. So I'm listening to you say that and I said, that's what happens to us when, when we're young and don't know nothing. 
<laughs> we said, yeah, I sleep on your floor, man. I'll sleep on the closet. I will sleep yes. on, on the couch. Just let me yes. be in the, in the space, man. <laughs> yes, and it paid off. <laughs> yeah, it did. That's why it it, uh, it does mean something to pay attention when God is speaking to you, especially in, in your younger years when you got all this energy to do stuff, to pay attention and to follow through and do what he's telling you to do. And, and it seems that is exactly what you did. Now, you worked with Run DMC, uh, Salt and Pepper as well yes salt and pepper because um once i started um getting recognized as a as a session keyboard player on some of the hip-hop records that's when some of the other hip-hop artists started engaging me and, and bringing me into their sessions salt and pepper chub rock it just went on and on and um and just had some i was a part of some some epic and monumental hip-hop records during those days yeah, and I, 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 when you said that, I thought about like uh, now with folks having like an interest in things concerning New Jack City uh, with the, the hip hop and the stuff that was going on around that time, because you were around during that time doing stuff too. Well, it's funny you mentioned New Jack City because I happened to write a song that was one of the number one singles on the New Jack City soundtrack, a song performed by Christopher Williams um, entitled I'm Dreaming. I actually wrote and produced that. Oh my goodness, I remember that. You know what? That was one of the artists I worked with too <laughs> when I was at Warner Brothers and I was there when the New Jack City project came out. So, ooh, Lord. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, that was my first, that was my first number one record. Oh, wow. I'm dreaming. Oh, okay. And that's, that, that movie and, and soundtrack now has got like what, like a kind of a cult following because of the resurgence with our, our millennials are interested and in, in, in like what uh, the movie and also the, the music that's on there and you had involvement in that so that's awesome absolutely now so okay now we did we talked about the hip-hop and the r&b and then you were a&r executive at island records so how did you segue into working at a label wow this is this conversation is perfect because this goes right into how i ended up at island records because before I did I'm Dreaming, I was asked to attend a session for some producers from Brooklyn, Spider-Man and Dr. Freeze. They were producing a song called I Want to Sex You Up, right? <laughs> yeah, I know that. Color, color me, me bad. And I was playing keyboards for them. And their manager at the time was in, in attendance in that session. And he saw me working. And he asked me, was I a producer? And I said, nah, I'm just a keyboard player. He said, nah, young man. He said, you're a producer. And he said, and I want to give you an opportunity to work on um, some music. So he gave me some studio time. And that's when I wrote I'm Dreaming. And he ended up putting I'm Dreaming on the same soundtrack. I want to set you up, color me bad, on the same New Jack City soundtrack. And then this gentleman, Hiram Hicks, he became mm -hmm. the president of Island Black Music. I remember Hiram, yeah. Yes. And then Hiram gave me my job as an A&R director at Island Records. You know, God's been making some moves for you, child. Listen to that. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm on here playing keyboards and somebody just approaches me that I want to give you a job. And you're like, what? Then you write the song that's on a hit soundtrack of a hit movie, uh, Dreaming with uh, Christopher Williams, and then to, uh, all this transitions into an A&R position at uh, Island Records. And I said before, when I was at Urban Network, that's where I remember you from when you came to my attention, being that A&R executive, because you worked on some worked on some gospel projects, including Karen Clark Shears' debut release as a solo uh, artist with Finally Karen. Now, ain't I telling the truth? <laughs> You're telling the truth. <laughs> what was it like working with Karen? Because that was, that was a phenomenal project that you 
worked on with the and did A and R for. At Island Records, we were working on a soundtrack for a movie called Don't Be a Menace. Right, while mm -hmm. drinking something, <laughs> yeah, some juice and something, uh -huh. right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and we were working on all of these R and B hip hop records um, for the soundtrack. So I asked um, Hiram at the time. I said, "Hey, man," I said, "Why don't we put a, a gospel song on this soundtrack?" And hmm. so you know, they all looked at me like what? Like I was crazy. Like you had like, a third no eye thing. or something, right? <laughs> and I said, "Let's give it. A, let's give it a shot." I convinced them. I called Donald Lawrence and we wrote a song together. We co-wrote and produced a song called Don't Give Up, which on that song was Kirk Franklin, Hezekiah Walker, and Karen Clark Shear and Donald Lawrence. So at the video shoot, um, Karen was just killing. And I said, man, it would be amazing if we could sign her um, to a solo record. So once again, I go to the office and I ask Hiram, um, would he allow me this opportunity? Um, you know, and he was like, well, if you can get it done, if you can close it, then we'll make it happen. So I, I went to Detroit. I had a meeting with, uh, Bishop Drew Sheard, mm -hmm. right. And, um, and I, and I told him what I wanted to do. And here's this young kid who had this idea to sign Karen Clark Sheard. And he was like, and young man, why would I do that? And, and I said, um, if you give me this opportunity, I guarantee you and I promise you I'll make it work. And he gave me the opportunity. He trusted me with the project. And that's how finally Karen was birthed. And you had to skillfully navigate that convincing like R&B and hip hop executives to and the head of your division to do a gospel project. And that's not what they were doing. And that's not what they that's not what they were doing at all. Mm, mm, mm. See how God used you? Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> what came out of that now with that Finally Karen project? I specifically remembered that because I interviewed Karen Clark Shear about that project. And then she was talking about her nine year old daughter at the time who was featured on the release, too, right? Kiera. Yep, Kiera. Yep. See, see? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kiera. That was really, really amazing, and it opened a lot of doors, too, especially for Karen and having to work outside of her usual gospel circles. Yes. And working with mainstream label folks, so that was an experience. But the blessing in that was that you were at a mainstream label, but you're actually a church boy at heart. At heart, all day. Grandma done had you at church all day. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, church boy at heart. So a, a lot of younger people could probably learn a few things from you in terms of navigating the industry. So how were you able to navigate it? I'm listening to your stories, and they're, they're really inspiring on how you were able to navigate and move in and out of these circles. But every step of the way, it seemed to have a link back to your faith and, and back to those days where Grandma had you at church all day long. Yes, um, I've really been rooted in, in church and church culture, and we were always just taught to keep God, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things we added, right? Mm -hmm. And But I actually believe that. I really okay. do. You know, um, it wasn't just a saying or a scripture, but, you know, I really believe that no matter what situation uh, I found myself in or what, what the opportunities or how big or great they were, to always make sure I incorporated God and I kept him at the forefront. So so every opportunity, every secular label that I've worked for, um, I always pushed for our genre. 
because okay. I believe our genre has always been underserved and we don't always get the dollars and the marketing dollars that they would give on the secular sides. So which means we had to work harder um, and we had to do a little bit more to get it done. But for me, it was always worth it. Speaking of working with secular labels and whatnot, you got your own label and then you are tied into this is all partnership things tied in. Okay, Rock Nation is involved in Title Nine. So how did this whole arrangement come about? Well Title Nine is my management company. They represent me on the management side. And once I had an idea, once I talked about this compilation record, I said I wanted to do something and, and I really wanted to do something that kind of branded and represented New York in culture. And I knew Rock Nation really, really represented the culture. And, and I really loved what they were about and, and what they mean and what they meant, meant to the culture. So I took a chance and I knew I was going to go into a room, Lynn, and try to convince people that this is not even what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not even what they, this is not their interest. This is not what they do. This is not the music that they make. But I believed um, that um, if I can get in a room and if and I have a conversation, I, I, I think I was going to come out, you know, with, with the results that I was, that I desired. So we went to a meeting, we met with the executives and they gave it a shot. They gave me the green light. So here, here, here we are. So here we are with with God is good. Now you told me off mic about your admiration for Quincy Jones and one particular album that inspired you to want to do something like your this project that you're that you have forthcoming and the single is God is good. So can you tell our listeners now how Quincy Jones and back uh, was it back in the back on the block? Because one um, Quincy Jones is someone that I studied my entire career. Um, and in one imp- in one project in particular that he produced, compilation project called Back on the Block, where there were just artists from all styles and all genres, from jazz to hip-hop to R&B. Um, and the way he finessed that record by bridging some of the older legends with some of the, the newer names, like we were introduced to um, Tevin Campbell, Mm-hmm. And so many other artists um, because of that project. So that compilation record has always been one of my favorites. So I wanted to do something similar to that, that kind of felt like that, that mirrored that compilation record. So having the Karen Clarks and the Kiara Sheards and the Hezekiah Walkers with the hopes of getting your CeeLo Greens and so many secular artists who are rooted in the gospel culture. You were looking to bridge that, it's like not a gap, but fuse or bring together the gospel artists and then folks that may be in R&B or hip-hop or pop, yes. but have a gospel foundation, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. And so that's what you're, the project that you're working on, that is what you're fusing and putting together now. And that is what God is Good came, uh, is the lead single coming out of that project. Is that right? Absolutely. And, and sonically, I wanted to just make sure that the material um, wasn't compromising, that we kept the integrity of, of, of the music, you know, without trying to disguise it, you know, or be something that is not. Um, I wanted to be faith. I wanted it to be faith based driven. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I wanted to be to the point. I wanted to create music that would work for our culture, work in our genre, but also inspire uh, non-believers as well. Oh, okay. So you're doing doing the work, quote unquote, what we might call ministry as well, spreading yes. the word and uh, reaching folks that mm, they may not necessarily sit foot inside a church. 
but uh, yeah so i think it's a it's an, an awesome project that you're you're working on but tell me let's talk about the lead single then we'll go into what's going to be happening with the album the lead single is god is good and does it feature um is karen clark sheared on that yes karen clark sheared kiara sheared kelly and and hezekiah walker and so what was it like bringing all these folks on that particular single? These folks, these are your home folks. These folks, you know. You know, it, for me, I went back to when we did Don't Give Up for the Don't Be Minutes. The Don't Be uh, a Minute a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And, and when we launched the company back in those days. And I said, so this was like the relaunching of, of something very similar. So I wanted to do it with people who I kind of started with, people who I loved, and uh, and I knew they would give me the this, this support, help me lift this plane and put this plane in the air. So when I called Jay Drew, uh, shared, I said, hey, you know, hey, nephew, I need a favor, and I need to get your moms on this record. And he was like, okay, um, I'm going to make it happen for you. And I kept calling, I kept calling, and he delivered. But when he sent the files back, not only was Karen on the record, but Kiara was on the record as well. See, uh, another one of those God-inspired things, right? Yes. Going with what he told you to do, and 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 watch how he, you know, over delivers to you. Yes. So God is good is the single that's out. And tell me about the forthcoming project. How deep are you into that project right now? And when do you think we can expect that? We're deep into the project. We we have probably more songs than we need. So at this point, it's like putting the right song with the right artist right now. So we're just kind of going through um, the songs and trying to figure out what artists will best represent this particular song and try to, you know, marry the artist with the right song. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now we're getting so many artists on both sides of the aisle who are calling and 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 wanting to share and be a part of this so the love you know if i'd be honest with you overwhelming right now i'm just so happy about the love and and the support that i'm getting that's a that's a blessing right there but do you have any you know breakout artists that you think is going to be on there because when i'm thinking back to what thinking back to what you said about quincy jones is back on the block inspiring you and having artists on there like tevin campbell is there an artist that you can speak of that you think will be a breakout artist on your project there's one young lady um her name is Brittany wiley Brittany wiley jones she's amazing um she was a contestant um i believe maybe on season two Sunday's best, if I'm not mistaken. Sunday's best. But Sunday's best. Sunday best. Yeah, oh, okay. I think at the time she was Brittany Jones on the on the on that season. But when I tell you amazing, and and what gets me about her is her work ethic. Okay. Because I think that is important. Um, when you speak of longevity in this industry, being able to do the work, you know, and showing up for it, um, with enthusiasm and excitement. But vocally, she's to me. Between the course of that Whitney Houston, Beyonce, the full package, the full package. Oh, wow. We're excited that this project is forthcoming and we'll be able to chat about it and folks be able to listen to it, be blessed by it. And especially it, it kind of it, it changes their mind, too, about certain things people think about artists on uh on the quote unquote, well, let's just say non gospel. <laughs> so, yes, you know, they yes. form these opinions about these folks, and half the time you do not realize that they come straight out of the church. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, when can we look forward to? You're almost, well, you're about, you're deep into this project, but do you have a prediction 
when you think you're going to have it ready for us? I know we got the single. We're going to be wanting more now. Yeah, we're going to. I'm, I'm thinking about maybe another single in um, maybe uh, June. Okay. Uh, May or June. And then the record, we'll probably put the record out in August, the full project out in August. Full project out in August. Now, that would be, that's wonderful. It's the summertime and the kids are yes. still out. <laughs> and they, yes. they, they can stream it. They can buy it. Okay. Well, I'm, going to give you, I'm going to give you something for your summer barbecues. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> summer barbecues, they're going to be bumping in the spirit. All right, I got you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brother Stan Brown, a.k.a. Stanley Brown, I thank you so much for your time today. This has been a really enjoyable conversation might i add or might i say about you and your music folks right now the single god is good is out there for you to purchase for you to stream is there a video along with this yet we're we're in talks about the video now yes okay so be on the lookout for that now do you know what you think the 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 name might be for the forthcoming album yes undefeated undefeated oh i love that undefeated and that's because not because i'm undefeated it's because god is undefeated all right brother stan god is undefeated y'all and know what else brother stan god is good (laughs) all the time all right all the time all the time And audience, thank you, you and you for joining us today. I really, really do appreciate you stopping by, listening, getting uplifted and inspired. Now make sure that you subscribe right now so that you never, ever miss an episode of this uplifting podcast. Now to reach me, Lynn Woods, you can find me on Twitter. That's at Lynn Woods, L-I-N-W-O-O-D-S, yes, or Instagram at Linwoods96. This has been the Linwoods Gospel Entertainment Podcast, where we talk to inspire. And Stan Brown's going to take us on home with God is Good on the Linwoods Gospel Entertainment Podcast, where we talk to inspire. I'm Lynn. God bless. God is good.